Joining me in the studio this afternoon, I have Mark White. He is a professor in the Department of Agricultural and Consumer Economics with the University of Illinois. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing great as well. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself in your background for anybody who's listening that doesn't know you? Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm actually relatively new to uh, the state of Illinois. We've, uh, we've lived here for about a year. Before that, we were at the University of Missouri for uh, four years. But I actually grew up, I grew up in uh, western New York, in, in upstate New York, in a, a relatively rural uh, part of that area. So I'm a relatively new Midwesterner. Well, it's okay. I am a relatively new Midwesterner, been in the Midwest for a little over a year myself. <laughs> so I have your report in front of me, Changes in a Farm Employment 1969 to 2021. And it did catch my attention because that is employment and farm work is a hot topic in agriculture. Why don't you give us a little bit of a summary of that report? Uh, yeah, sure. So my, my colleague Andrew Van Leuven of Oklahoma State and I want to take a little bit of a longer look at some changes in farm employment. So to do this, we looked uh, at data from the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis, which goes back to 1969. 2021 is the most recent data they have available. The 2022 data will be available in November, so we can update it next year. Regardless, what is you know what does farm employment refer to? Because you know this is kind of the devil's in the details often. Uh, and in this case, the Bureau of Economic Analysis defines farm employment as the number of workers engaged in the direct production of agricultural commodities, either livestock or crops, whether as a sole proprietor, partner, or hired laborer. So um, what that means is, is that if, if people are, you know, own a farm and operate that farm, they would count in that number. Um, it does not include uh, people like crop consultants who might provide services to that farm or processors of, of of beans or equipment manufacturers like John Deere, those that's not included. It's strictly um, kind of the people who are directly engaged in, in the production of of, um, of agricultural commodities. So it's a little bit of a, I guess, a, a more narrow kind of definition. Uh, and what we found is that, to, to, to the surprise of no one, farm employment is now lower than it was 50 years ago in both an absolute sense, uh, whereas it was 4 million jobs in, in 1969 and it's 2.6 million now. Um, and it's also declined in a relative sense, where it was about 4.5% of total U.S. employment in 1969. Now, uh, farm employment is a, a little over 1%. And a lot of those big declines that took place really took place in the southeast and then the Midwest and the plains. Obviously, technology plays a, a really big role in this, and that machines now do what multiple people did in the past. Sometimes the nature of different crops lend themselves to greater use of technology. So, for instance, technology plays a big role in corn and bean production, whereas, kind of relatively speaking, fruits and vegetables tend to require more hands. Again, relatively speaking. We've also seen uh, over the last 50 years a substantial consolidation of farms. So, you know, there's fewer farm workers but much larger farms. And then kind of another kind of factor is that, you know, urbanization, particularly, I would say, in the South, but also, you know, elsewhere in the country, is, is, uh, has led to fewer uh, farm operations, too. So if you think of the small producers that were, that were working 50 years ago uh, that may have had, you know, farms closer to urban areas that over this period of time have really grown and expanded, they found that in this time that their land is more valuable for development than, say, agriculture. And that's, again, particularly those smaller operations. So... Um, none of those things, I think, are kind of the big trends are, are, are probably terribly surprising to a lot of people. It just kind of confirms what a lot of people uh, already know. 
And what about areas that saw less of this decline? What was different about those areas from those that Southeast and Midwest and Great Plains areas? So I think that there's an important point that, that comes, uh, that's kind of raised here, that kind of comes up and when we're looking at this kind of information just in a geographic uh, sense, is that, that these trends do not occur consistently throughout the country, and there has been a lot of geographic variation. And so it's kind of important to remember that farm employment did not decline everywhere all the time. Now, as a share of total employment, farm employment certainly um, declined. However, in an absolute sense, employment has remained steady in some parts of the country, particularly in the West. A lot of this has been tied to population growth. If you're thinking out West, where over the last 50 years, really the population has, has grown dramatically. Um, you know, if you have more people, you have more people involved in farm activities. Um, and, and just more generally speaking, more people involved in a whole host of many things. So although those, you know, the, those activities may not uh, necessarily look the same as what we envision agriculture to be here in the Midwest, you know, they may look different, too. It may be, uh, you know, a specialty crop grown in a greenhouse rather than, you know, a, a, a big farm with lots of big equipment. Also, I would say, too, that, you know, when you think about other parts of the country where we have seen, you know, at least uh, farm employment remain steady or, or uh, you know, over the past 50 years, uh, again, in an absolute sense, um, you know, the, the nature of that work might be different, too. The other thing, too, I think to keep in mind is that there's the, the timing of all this, too. There's ebbs and flows of, of employment, so uh, farm employment in many places, particularly out west, in New England and the northeast, for instance, uh, has really been kind of steady since about the mid-2000s. So, in other words, it hasn't, you haven't seen dramatic declines. Um, in some cases, there's been some increases, but for the most part, it's remained kind of steady. And a lot of this is, is likely due to growing interest in things like local foods. Um, but again, it's important to keep in mind that these activities may be more, uh, for a lot of people, may be more a source of supplemental income than a, than a primary uh, income uh, for folks. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. I'm looking at your report right now, and the two regions that you brought up that did see that decline, the southeast saw, became more urbanized, whereas the Midwest, where you think of having a lot more farms and a lot more labor, had that technology aspect kind of shake them. So I think that was a really interesting point and to see the difference in reasons. Yeah, again, if, if there's one big takeaway is that, you know, that these, these trends aren't, when you start looking at them kind of on a geographic basis, it's not the same everywhere. And things do move um, with different paces and for different reasons and, and in different ebbs and flows, too, for that matter. Were there any surprises that you found as you were looking at this data? To me, it was the, the uh, you know having kind of the that kind of big picture story in our in, in my brain about you know agriculture is one of these things that's just been kind of in decline due to some of these big factors that we all kind of know the technology, the consolidation, etc. But but seeing kind of the the that in an absolute sense it stayed the same, I think is is kind of important. I think that the thing that's I think there's a couple things to you know to keep in mind with this too is that again what we think of when we think of farm employment, it looks different in different places, too. So, you know, whereas, you know, here in the Midwest, where it's, it's you know, such a, a big visible activity, we have a clear image in our mind of what that is. But if you went to, um, you know, places like New England, for instance, that the nature of the agriculture is going to look very different. And again, getting to my point that a lot of times some of these activities that may have helped farm employment remain steady over the past 15 or 20 years, 
again, getting back to my point that this, a lot of this may be supplemental income more than a primary income. And I think one of the important things to keep in mind just about agriculture in general um, and, and kind of farm, when you think about farm households, is that like nationally, roughly about 80% of farm household incomes come from off-farm sources. So someone may be a farmer, but their spouse also has a, has a job off the farm, uh, and that, you know, that job may be the thing that provides them with health insurance, for instance. Or, you know, for farmers, they may have a job that they, you know, that they do in the wintertime to provide additional supplemental income. Now, that rate of, of uh, you know, how much farm income comes from off-farm sources varies, again, you know, uh, geographically as well. So it's lower here in the, in the Midwest, so in Iowa and Illinois. It's about 55% of farm household income comes from off-farm sources. But if you went to places like um, Texas and, and North Carolina, that's going to be over, uh, or California, North Carolina, it's going to be over 90%. So, um, again, I think that's, you know, important to just the, the nature of, of kind of the nature of these operations does vary. And, and again, there's big differences between, you know, small farms and, and really large operations as, as well in terms of, you know, what all that, that means. And it's interesting that you did bring that up because that is something that I highlighted in your report is that non-farm employment on how it helps supplement those farms because I did grow up in agriculture in New England and that is one thing that I did notice well along alongside like the ag community was there's usually like a wife that was maybe in the medical field that was one that I saw a lot from just my peers so it was interesting that you brought that up and like you saw that too throughout the country because that's something I mean, I don't study this, but I've also noticed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, another classic example, my uncle was a, a, a farmer in western New York, and, and my aunt was a, you know, a teacher, and that's kind of another kind of classic example of, of that. But, but again, it's not, just, it's not necessarily just the spouse who has, who's bringing in the off-farm income. Oftentimes, it's the farm operator as, as well, um, has, has another, you know, people can have more than one job. Yeah, exactly. And earlier on in when we started our conversation, you did bring out that you're going to look back at this data when the 2022 data comes out, but it hasn't been released yet. But so far as we're into 2023, we've gone through 2022. How do you think this data would change if you were to look at the 2022 data? Would it stay consistent to what you've been seeing? Yeah, I mean, we're looking at long trends. I mean, it, we, there was like a little dip in 2020. Um you know, obviously, the kind of there was a big shock to the economy in 2020, um, and so there was a little bit of a dip. But I would imagine that what we see in 2022 is a kind of a continuation of what you know we we saw last year. So I, I wouldn't imagine that there's going to be a dramatic change. I mean, I think longer term, a lot of these bigger forces, at, you know, at, at, at play are are, are going to continue to have obviously a a huge influence over the, you know, what, what agricultural looks like in 10 or, or 20 years. You know, there's always going to be a need for people, but the nature of work itself is going to change, you know, as we introduce more kind of technology into it and we can have so much more information, you know, you know, farm operators are going to need that knowledge to be competitive, but just because we create a lot of information doesn't know we necessarily uh, know how to effectively use it in proper herd management or, you know, farm management or whatever the case may be. So a lot of the kind of the knowledge requirements for participating in agriculture for a lot of farm operators is, is definitely going to continue to be kind of on the rise. And, and as you know, you need these, you know, the technologies to remain competitive, kind of the capital requirements required will also increase. And that can be a barrier for new farmers getting into, into, uh, into agriculture. 
but it also, you know, the other thing too is it also raises the needs for infrastructure, particularly broadband. If you know, if we're, if, uh, you know, a lot of what, what we're doing is a lot more information driven, then we need to make sure that we have that, you know, that broadband access. And, and in a lot of rural areas, that remains a, a challenge, even though there's a lot of money out, you know, now to 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 build and strengthen that uh, that infrastructure. But uh, it's still still going to take some time. Well, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. This is a very interesting topic, and I feel like a lot of times when I hear about it, it just talks about agricultural jobs in general, not just on the farm career paths and workforce. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Again, that is Mark White. He is a professor in the Department of Agricultural and Consumer Economics at the University of Illinois on AM 1330 FM 94.1 WRAM.